This is The Matt Report, the voice of WordPress entrepreneurship. If you're running a WordPress freelance business selling themes, plugins, or client services, this is the place for you. Learn more at mattreport.com and subscribe at mattreport.com slash subscribe. And now, on to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Matt Report. This episode brought to you by my latest conductor plugin, making WordPress content display a cinch. Learn more at mattreport.com slash conductor. It's a great way to build complex sites uh, very easily uh, through the front-end customizer, taking complex WordPress queries like give me all my easy digital downloads and my blog posts and put them in a 50-50 display and put them on the homepage. Uh, we make that all super simple for you with Conductor, mattreport.com slash Conductor. Uh, today, excited to talk to Sean DeWolf. Uh, Sean's out of Canada, and he runs a uh, site called Those DeWolf Creative, and he is putting together a new plugin called Share Cluster. It's on WordPress.org right now. He is a Drupal developer turned WordPress developer, so we're going to get a little bit of that story and how he how he made that transition, why he made that transition, um, and more, import- more importantly, teaching us how he works in this new ecosystem of WordPress, right? What it's like to find PHP developers uh, as an agency owner and work with them, and especially when you're in new territory of WordPress, um, and some of the things uh, that he's learned uh, from the Drupal side uh, of the world and bringing that over to his agency. So great discussion with Sean today. The audio is a little shaky. We had to do two recordings. Uh, We had some problems with that, but um, hopefully you can bear with it. It's a great episode. Again, uh, check it out. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, for those folks who want to join the mailing list, it's super easy. MattReport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list and be uh, in the loop when we send out new and awesome interviews like this. MattReport.com slash join. Become part of the private members-only WordPress entrepreneur group. Uh, that is the Matt Report Pro section. Check that out. MattReport.com slash join. Without further ado, let's talk to Sean. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Report's Sean DeWolf joining us for the 3,785th time of the podcast because that's how long it takes to get a good recording with Sean and I. Sean, welcome back. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Some technical snafus, but we're, we're working through it. Uh, this interview should be awesome because we've practiced it many times now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Old pros at this interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is Sean, what, who is Sean DeWolf? He is the founder and co- um, co-founder and partner of the DeWolfs, or thosedewolfs.com uh, consulting firm, and he's uh, running a little uh, new product called Share Cluster plugin that we're going to talk about, uh, and he also has some experience with the D-word Drupal uh, that we're, <laughs> we're also going to get into, because as you all know, I secretly do love Drupal, and I love talking about the transition from a Drupal project to a WordPress project. But before I continue, uh, Sean, who are you and what do you do? Pardon me. Um, I'm Sean DeWolf. I'm a uh, PHP developer and programmer who has been doing WordPress and Drupal development several years back. Uh, I run out of Victoria a web design house that does largely web development in Drupal and WordPress. But the reason why we set this up formally in 2010 to get going was to get into product development, to develop applications, plugins, add-ons, and uh, get things going. I really like WordPress, so the first actual product, uh, full product, I just came up recently. That's the aforementioned uh, share cluster. Yeah. So share cluster is the the new sort of the new product uh, on your plate, and I do want to dive into that. But 
real quick, let's let's just talk, and, and we talked about this in our in our last interview that hasn't aired, secretly hidden in the archives of the Matt Report, deep in the basement. Um, what is it like to be somebody who's comparing these two platforms, Drupal versus WordPress? What's the the biggest difference that you see in in the use case of these of these platforms, specifically to large amounts of content too? Large amounts of content, I would say Drupal has a lot of capacity for complexity. In other words, you can make up really elaborate data models that are content types, uh, that are handling large bodies of users and large user communities in Drupal, and uh, it has a lot of capacity there to kind of, are, basically you're, um, you're building large structures with Drupal. WordPress is a lot better at just saying that this morning I want a website that's meant to have it, that it's very easy to get a complete Word, WordPress installed together. And that's the big winning point with WordPress why it's, it just seems like it's, it's caught on so well because people don't have to answer over, over the data models and the many steps and you know, the inner workings that happen in a people install it. WordPress, you just, the idea of WordPress is it seems like you're heading, you're driving towards results. One of the questions that I used to ask a lot of and sort of pulled away from it, I don't know why I should just keep reintroducing it or asking everybody, but how do we deal with a $500 client, right? And I think that uh, that is very important for the freelancer who might say, yeah, I can do a job in an hour and it's 500 bucks. It's 500 bucks an hour. That's awesome. But then there are those clients who want you to build a Facebook for 500 bucks. Um, do you think inherently that it's it's the so it's because of the adoption of WordPress and how easy it is to use that it's sort of bringing in that very low bargain basement uh, customer or client thinking that they can do all these things with plugins and themes and really it should only cost them 500 bucks because it's so darn easy to use. You think that's a, an inherent problem with WordPress or does Drupal get that or does any industry get that? I, I think it really has crept in because of how easy it is to do stuff online. And if you go to WordPress.com or you go to some of the hosted places where you can do an install with Drupal, you kind of get that illusion that self-surgery is okay, that you can do something complex real fast. And I was just—I had a conversation earlier this week with somebody where we talked about building the spec and making that an isolated piece from the rest of the project. And I said, at the end of the specking process, you'll have everything you need to know about how to proceed. And somebody in the conversation stopped and said, yeah, you'll have everything you need, but you won't necessarily be able to go ahead because the complexity of what you're trying to deliver is still a, still a secret sauce, still a piece that people have to do. And, and you know, developers who have some time in the WordPress and Drupal will identify really strong modules, really weak plugins. They'll identify things that work well, and they'll have a really good speed course for how to deliver something elaborate fast. And I think the $500 clients are still hoping for elaborate fast, but it's 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 going to be time consuming. I, I, in some cases, it's, it's, they'll sometimes ask ask for a level of complexity that we um, they'll just take a lot of time, much more than what a thousand dollar website can see. How, how are you handling that in in your in your business today? If somebody comes to, I mean, or maybe you might your answer might be, Matt, I don't even get those anymore because we've sort of changed our brand or elevated our game or whatever. But uh, if you do get somebody knocking on the door that says, "Hey, can you build this for five hundred bucks?" Are you spinning that into a consulting session? Uh, are you are you telling them to go check out like an ODesk or, or referring them somewhere else? What do you do for that five hundred dollar client? I usually, if they're asking for a five hundred dollar full on like you know mini Facebook, I I will try to do some reality checks and education on that. 
and sit there talking about what the complexity is that's involved, and say to them that a five hundred dollar result could be much more costly for them outside the technical realm because of all the options, all the things that didn't happen. Or a lot of them will usually want something and they want it tweaked to their satisfaction, so they won't want it out of the box. It's out of the box. I mean, you could probably slam in a half dozen plugins pretty fast inside of that hour or two to build their site, but then they're going to have a real baseline experience. And I say to them that you're not going to be satisfied with the baseline experience, so you need to come up with an understanding of what you really want. And by and large, I will try to talk uh, the $500 clients doing it, period, even if it's somebody else. But I am past the stage now where the $500 clients are something I'm going to take on because I find it's this weird inverse scenario. I mean, I've heard other, other people on the show talk about this too, where the more money you ask for, the less trouble the project is. And that a $500 project will be 10 times the problem of a $1,000 project. And it's just this weird gap building that happens, and that's why, principally because of that, I, I, I run from the $500 project. Yeah, it's it's so true, and uh, you know what what looks like five hundred. You know the reason why they're at a level of uh, of a five hundred dollar budget is perhaps that maybe they hey look they're they're just launching something and they're not even sure that what they need is is uh, you know this application that they've dreamt up right they they're just not experienced enough and that's totally cool and there there is a, a market for that. My friend uh, Ryan Sullivan uh, wrote wrote a blog post about that and specifically about me asking the question of the five hundred dollar client and he he embraces the five hundred dollar client and that's awesome um, and I and I think that that's you know it all depends on where you are in your agency and your freelance business um, and on that client right if they understand that they have a smaller budget but they're willing to work with you and say okay. You can you can sort of consult me for five hundred bucks and build this thing with some plugins. That's cool, and I accept it. Um, but very few accept it. They want everything, right? Because just you know, just like you said, they're they're more sometimes more trouble than it should be. Let's specifically talk now about the difference in developers that you've seen. You, you're you've got a virtual team. You're building a team. You've built a team. You've worked on teams. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference in WordPress developers versus a Drupal developer, or are you just looking at it sort of platform agnostic and I'm just a PHP developer and we can work on both? Uh, I find that you need familiarity in both of those CMSs because there's a lot of specifics in them, and some people will build stuff out long form and say, this is how you build a PHP code to satisfy this use, and they well, no, actually just call this Google function, and it does everything you want. Or you just call this uh, piece of WordPress, and it's exactly what and uh, getting a generalist who maybe isn't experienced with PHP and some of our very experience is the trick of saying you've got to really leverage the CMS system to get the most out of it. So that way it's, it's the most rapid development you can achieve. And that's, that's a bit of a perceptual thing of them because they always want to build stuff. You know, I remember a conversation made back about KLOTS, about how many lines of code you generate. And for me, the more code you generate, isn't necessarily a better result. It's the, it's the better learning the result is the win, and getting there in as few steps as possible. Is the awesome. Uh, you know the 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 types of projects that that you're used to, um, you know, in the Drupal space, are are you seeing a clear difference? I guess let me back it up. So, are you seeing a clear difference in the in the projects that you're working on, Drupal versus WordPress? Are you doing the still doing the more content stuff on on the Drupal side? Uh, and doing more of the sort of more straightforward projects on WordPress, um, are you still making that clear line? Or now that you're using WordPress more, you you might be 
shifting sort of some of more big content projects to the WordPress side? I'm making a, I'm making a delineation. Uh, I'm, I'm working on a basically an online community, and that is a Google thing. But I'm just about to get into my next project, which is also an online community, but the scope is a little more refined, and the client has preference for WordPress, so I'm running with that. Where they have, they're good with WordPress, WordPress is wise and a lot more user-friendly for people who want to actually have some of the administration when they visit the website. So for me, that's a big win. Is it's, it's much easier to manage a WordPress site than it is a Google site because Google gives you so much, and then you have to either give uh, the administrator really pair down user rights or give them kind of this certain place of a Get Console look, which is sometimes too much for them because there are literally hundreds of options and big ramifications. And WordPress is nice that it has that clarity. So I am trying to push people towards WordPress more than people and satisfy them. If you were to just take a step back and look at Drupal uh, versus WordPress, what's one thing you would want inside of WordPress that Drupal does really well, and then vice versa? What would you want in Drupal that Drupal does uh, that WordPress does really well? In WordPress, it would be nice to see a lot more granular user rights out of the box, because right now the rules are a little bit fine, or they're, they're a little bit generalistic and they cut a little bit broad, that sort of really a common control in Google for user access permissions is tremendous because then you can really fine-tune who gets what and, and let everyone kind of play safely. But yeah, again, getting away from the simple console, right, uh, from the cockpit, making it simpler for them. It's, it's a lot more capable in Google if you, if you really lock those user settings. Uh, what uh, I would like to see Drupal get that WordPress has is WordPress seems to be a lot more fluid in its compatibility. So if you plunk in an older plugin or you have another installed WordPress, there's a little bit of grace there. And a hard break between Drupal versions means that you're seeing um, a die-off in between each version jump. So I'm kind of fearful as Drupal 8's coming on the point because all these beloved Drupal 6 modules, uh, a whole bunch of them just didn't become Drupal 7 modules. And but I think we're going to see again that Drupal 8, we're going to see a lot of modules not happening in Drupal 8. So that means that when I used to go back and lean on this really nice little chestnut, now it's not going to be there for Drupal 8 project. So I'm either having to build it, evolve it, find an alternative, or just do it out, which means that it may be a critical piece, which means I may not be able to do project in Drupal without coding all that from scratch. Yeah, that, that, that's sort of a tail end when I get out of Drupal. That was you know, maybe right when Drupal 6 sort of uh, launched or shortly after. And I remember the big drop-off of uh, version 5 modules not coming over, and then a lot of people didn't go from 4 to 5. A lot of people were still on 4, so they were afraid to make the jump from... or they couldn't make the jump from 4 to 6 because then there was a whole bunch of stuff that got lost. Um, it's funny to see that it's almost like version 5 wasn't really adopted... Version 6 was, version 7 was eh, kind of on the fence, and now everyone's saying, like, oh, 8's going to be awesome, and it looks almost like every time they come out with another one, it's, it's always the next version that everybody's looking forward to. Uh, yeah, well, well, what freaks me out about Drupal 8 is if you look at the memory consumption they're talking about and the size of the code base, those are all bigger, and it freaks me out that they're using bigger to get better. When I just... Um, and again, they're, they're going to Symphony as their underlying architecture, which is a big shift away from what they were doing prior. 
uh, almost entirely object oriented stuff. So that's really nice changes for heading towards the Drupal 8, but I just, um, I, I, I'm still waiting to see, see what uh, Drupal 8 looks like when it's out of Yeah. Building a product is not easy, as you and I both know. Speaking of products, we got a plugin called ShareCluster. You recently launched it uh, in the WordPress repo uh, back on July 11th, um, yes. and you're pushing forward with that. Uh, how did you come about? Uh, first, set the stage what ShareCluster does. I see that uh, you're able to share content from other owned properties or sites uh, from uh, from one site to another, at least that's what I'm reading here. Uh, but set the stage of what ShareCluster is and, and tell us how the heck did you, did you come up with the idea? Uh, well, I'm really big on RSS, and I kind of liken this to being RSS on steroids in that it will interoperate WordPress installs. So it's a lot of a lot of people WordPress sites will have two similar sites, or maybe they'll have ads they want to see running on multiple places or affiliate links or something like that. So what this does is you can create the content, uh, a piece of uh, an ad or a short snippet or something else you can use it on one site that has share cluster, and then another site that has share cluster. You'll have an authentication code and be able to pull that from the main site to the other site. You can create a ring of these sites that all replicate and pull the content, and they go further than just the text to reach HTML. They will also pull in the media and keep it locally, so you don't have to worry about it because the Original resource is it up at this moment, it's attacked at this moment. You can load the site you're at, you can load the media that comes with it. So that that's the thrust of what ShareCluster does. And yeah, it's um, it's it's there to satisfy need where I have a lot of related properties and I wanted to have a way to share them out and something I worked with. If he had that need as well, because he had a number of related sites and I to share the stuff that I was looking for. coming from Drupal, one would say, why not? Start with the module. Why the plugin? Um, so go ahead and answer that. <laughs> yeah, uh, two things. Uh, number one, because I like WordPress, I want to I want to do a WordPress plugin. I want to really get into WordPress, uh, and you know, the chief way for me to do that was the plugin I put into the repo. I thought that uh, if you look at how many more users are, how many more sites are running WordPress in our repo, it just seemed like I. I Put this out to a much larger audience that you would satisfy that need. And two, WordPress seems to have this comfort with it being uh, .org repos, free uh, open source plugins. And right beside them, there are the free plugins. So I've got the, the share cluster prime that I'm running off of my site for sale. And that way I can monetize it. Because the way Google things are monetizing software by custom consulting. For somebody who is the I mean, I've been game developer who tricked out their logic on my behalf as well as work with them on the clock. And it seems like the Drupal approach is modules to get consulting time, which I, I want people away from, plugins get you to a product and product sales and that idea of passive income. The is it safe to say, and from what I'm what I'm hearing from you, is it it just WordPress is just an easier market to en, uh, to enter uh, for this kind of thing. It's an easier market. It's a bigger market. Again, the version jumps means that when they go up to you know, WordPress 3.92 or, or you know, keep going higher, it's going to stay relevant and useful. I'm not going to have to worry about bringing it up to versions up to basically reporting entirely, which is the people problem. So that that's the big comfort that I see with that as well as something that people. The uh, one of the questions I. 
I haven't asked um, anybody yet on the show uh, because no one has. Uh, you're just just getting into this into this market, so I'm interested to hear your experience on in submitting a plugin to .org. Um, what was that like? Scary, not scary, difficult, not difficult, and is there a big difference or is there a contrast between contributing to .org versus contributing to the Drupal community? Uh, there's a big difference there. Yeah, so winding back to your first question. I thought it would be a little bit more scary and daunting, but it really wasn't that hard. I had to have a .org ID uh, and validated. I went to the plugin ad thing. You know, it's not obvious how you add plugins, but it, once you find it, it's then it is obvious, right? So I submitted the plugin. Um, there was a few things in the code that wasn't compliant uh, and some stuff that just I, mean, I could take out without generalizing what the plugin behaved like. So it was back and forth, and that was really nice to see that uh, they'd ask for an edit. I'd make an edit. I'd resubmit. There'd be another one coming back. And the really cool thing about that was even though I was using up their time to review the code and successful grounds, I didn't feel like there were any applications, and that was really appreciated. But there was that uh, almost like it was a welcoming feel that if I was willing to make the changes, they were willing to keep dancing. And there's a seven-day period between submitting and having it approved, and I went over that seven days, so that meant that my original submission got canceled and then I resubmitted. But in my last round, I said, yeah, you know, if you resubmit after this date, it's probably good to go, so just resubmit, and a day later, it wasn't a repo. So that was really nice. And then I had to, um, uh, you know, use SVN to post the stuff in, and I have a lot of SVN, so that's, that was fine. That's how we do it. You know, compare that to Drupal. And years back, uh, 2007, 2006, 2006, I got really sexed up about the idea of submitting modules to Drupal. And I applied for uh, an account, and I had to sort of justify my account. And I, I uh, had a little uh, public rant about why it seemed so hard to do it. And uh, Dries contacted me and said, you know, what are you trying to do? I said, I'm just trying to get a repo account to publish. And he said, oh, well, let's go and do this. And basically reinvited me to be able to do submissions. But I did it really south at that point. So I, I'm active. I post captions. I lay in on stuff in Drupal.org. But it didn't feel as smooth wide to people. And they've since then gone from, uh, I think it was CBS Times or SBN, and now they're on to using Git for their, their, their posting. So again, it's that version jump mindset where everyone thinks we're just moving answers and that's not a problem, which I think is fewer moves the better. SVN and Git, they're different. But I like that they're okay, either one. So I, I you know, that, that's one of the things. It was a much fun to road to put stuff into Drupal. I've, I've put it into the module, but they sort of sit in sandbox land because of the module. So I post it again up. It's really involved in that. And it just feels like um, WordPress is a lot more welcome than modules than Drupal. Or WordPress the plugins than Drupal the modules. Yeah. Uh, do, you remember your, do you remember your reviewer's name? Was it Pippin or Mika on uh, the plugins? Mika. It was nice. Mika. And he was, like I said, Really, I never got the feeling like he's like, oh, yet. I never got that vibe from him, so I was right. really appreciative that, that that's that's how he approached it. Awesome. Then I Awesome. Um, score one for the good guys. Uh, <laughs> now, launching a product, uh, obviously a whole new challenge. Uh, interested to hear uh, what your immediate challenge is for the plugin 
and where you're looking uh, to sort of uh, you know learn different aspects. So if you're in a marketing issue right now and you're trying to figure out how do I market this, or if maybe you're in a pricing uh, scenario where how do I price my pro side of of the house, um, interested to hear what your challenges are and what you're trying to do to kind of tackle those. Well, what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to just get the word out generally. Uh, publishing blog posts and then a 90-day blog self-challenge. I have 90 days of blog posts with some of them about plugins and about WordPress. And I went out the other day and talked about the next plugin and what that could be as a way to talk about the current plugin and get the exposure for that. And um, so it's really just trying to get the word out in general, contact my places, go to people who said they had an interest in the past from this, and say, here it is, it's now done, you want to check it out. Uh, I set up, uh, I used uh, WooCommerce to set up a licensing system so the, the pro version has a uh, licensing piece to it. So you have to put in a license fee and you get your automatic download of uh, the pro version, all that sort of nice stuff that is very turnkey inside of WooCommerce. And uh, the nice thing about that too, you, you let me give a bishop discounts and coupons. So if I need those to kind of sweeten the deal for somebody or if I want to give somebody something, and say, go buy it, use your 100% coupon discount, go for it. That's all possible because it gets available in, uh, in e-commerce. Uh, so, so, you know, that's the thing about it is uh, I set up a, a licensing system and try to set up as much flexibility to your marketing as many as possible. So if I need to like a heavily discount or put it on a super low sale, I, I just come out of doing e-books last year on Amazon, and their system was really um, it was good, but it was very fixed, and you can tell I had to run through a lot of steps. And this year, when I start when start to get the ebooks, we're going to be a lot more whimsical with ebooks and discounts to really drive people to get that sort of uh, attention. Cool. Like, come on, you have to go right now. Yeah. Thing, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's awesome stuff. The um, you know the the marketing side the. The communication side, it's awesome that, that you're doing the 90-day blog challenge. I mean, I was in a, I was at the uh, recent work, uh, WordPress Boston meetup, and there are, you know, like many of us in, in the room, freelancers or people who are looking to build products and services and, um, you know, really get their names out there. And, and I asked, how many, folk, how many folks in the audience are actually doing some form of content marketing, be it the basic blog uh, of information or a podcast or some training tutorials so on and so forth and nobody raised their hands except for the other guys that were speaking after me right because they I mean they they were up there trying to uh, uh, talk about their product so it's it's I'm glad to hear that you do that and really I, I don't know what it is I mean I guess some folks are sort of toying with the idea and it sounds nice and maybe in their heads they're like well someday I'm gonna launch a product well someday should have been yesterday and if it, if it wasn't, then you should really start today and just simply start talking about it. Um, you know, we're building a plug, and, and I'm not saying it's easy, right? Because we all go through it, right? We all go through it. There is no perfect science to this. If it was, everyone would have their business <laughs> finished, right? Um, it's just no perfect science. And even, even I, with, with an audience, uh, struggle to figure out how will I market our next plugin. How do I do this? And it's like it's right in there in front of you. <laughs> and even <laughs> even us uh, veterans are still trying to do it. Uh, let's talk about uh, feature or future features of the plugin. Oh, actually, no. First, there was the question from the last interview that we did. 
you actually spent like 3,000 hours developing your own license, licensing uh, system. And it then felt you did like 3,000. <laughs> then you did the old smack on the head and said, oh my God, it's right here in front of me in this already accessible plugin. Uh, what was that like and, and how did you come about it? Well, of course, was because I am fairly heavy into Drupal. I thought, let's start with Drupal. Uh, my main website is Drupal, so let's see if I can just pack on e-commerce functionality that allows downloads and licensing in Drupal. And there are those pieces available. Um, but then we had to, I had to say, well, it's not available as I want to Drupal 7, so I went down to Drupal 6 with a separate site. I did that for a while. That was so from semi-fruitful. I found there was a lot of code I'd have to build to make that work. So I said, like, oh, you know what? I'm releasing a WordPress plugin, and I'm experienced in e-commerce. Why not I just try to go that way? So then I launched, um, I put out, uh, a Wukong install, but I was kind of cheap for a moment, so I thought, well, there's a free licensing fee plugin available, so I tried that out, and the free one is sort of okay. It had some features, it had some big gaps, it didn't auto-generate fees, which is a big showstopper for me. So then I answered over that a little bit and tried to make it work, and spent a lot of hours on that for a good reason in retrospect, and then just went to back to WooCommerce, and there's the uh, license fee uh, plug-in, and it's like, Hundred twenty, hundred thirty bucks, something like that. It's like, well, you take my hourly rate and divide by hundred thirty bucks. <laughs> it was such a no-brainer that that was the solution. Was just to buy something off the shelf that worked just fine, that had been ruggedized before I ever got to it. So, yeah, yeah. I took a long way to short sleep. <laughs> yeah, many, many of us do, and uh, you know, we get, we sort of just get our blinders on, and sometimes, you know, we. You know, we're building plugins, and we're like, oh, no, a plugin's not going to solve what I need to do. And then you realize, oh, I guess it could have. And then we spent all that time either designing or developing something that's already existing. It's just tough, yeah. right? You don't you don't know until until you start diving into it, and then you're finding it. And hey, this is this is sort of the the lesson learned. Uh, managing the future features of the plugin. Uh, maybe you're not even at that point yet, but uh, something that I know a lot of product developers and theme designers struggle with taking new requests from customers, taking new requests out of your own crazy entrepreneur brain and which one are you going to chase? Um, how do you manage that stuff now? Is it just slapping everything onto a Trello board or are you doing like a scrum board with post-it notes? What do you do to manage uh, all that stuff? Right now it's, yeah, Trello, Trello is, um, I'm okay with Trello. Uh, but right now I'm, I'm basically keeping a learning document of everything that comes in so far and then I just, uh, Try to pull that into something cohesive to figure out what the next sets of features are going to be. So it's a little bit, little bit klutzy, but that's what I'm doing right now because it's only me, so it's not like that. at current I don't have to you know, operate for somebody else, so I don't have to have them weigh in and evolve ideas or progress the project at the moment. But once we get into multiple people being on the project, a you know, project can plug in this plugin and other plugins, then I tend to turn back and do something at the top of the project. So right now it's just the economy of it is just I have to do the open as I want to. <laughs> awesome stuff. Um, one of the last formal questions of the interview: If uh, you could take a step back one year, five years, ten years, would you do something differently uh, to get to where you are now, or in the product development phase? Anything that, uh, looking back, you could you would change? If I were to rewind ten years, I'd probably give myself a slap because <laughs> I, I, I was working at a consulting place about 10 years ago and I, and I said to them, uh, you know, our thing is clients, you're only going to get so much money with 
and it's going to be a, a, a linear amount of growth because you know, so many so many hours in become so many dollars out. And you can get that formula optimized, but you can't get it to exponential, like the product you And at that point, I had that epiphany, and then I didn't do much with it. I had uh, a little piece of um, it's an image gallery I put out a share where with a donate button, I was getting some money from that. And I wish I had looked at that and said, you know, if I really practice, I could do more with it. And that's the 10 years ago I would have stopped myself there and said, yeah, you have enough years into web development now. You know, at that point, it was eight years in. And I wish I had said, I'm good enough, I'm conversant enough to be able to move ahead and then start picking up products about Five years ago, we set up those uh, two products and got into the custom work for the girls. And I wish I had said, you know, let's, um, let's go on a starvation diet right now and survive six months of hard times, you know, self-made hard times, to be able to put out plugins as much as we can. But instead, I just kept getting drawn in by the little customer. And that, um, that yeah, one of the best piece, best piece of pieces of advice that I ever received from uh, Garrett Moon of Today Made, who recently uh, did a, a, an angel round for his plugin co-schedule at about five hundred thousand uh, bucks. He said that he got to a point where they were building the plugin; it was proven. They are still a services company, so they have a services team. But he really put the focus on sort of that Monday meeting that they always had. Instead of just focusing on the client work that they had, the first thing they put in the in the Monday meeting was co-schedule the plug-in, right? Like, here's how we're going to kick off our week by focusing in on our product because it sets the tone of excitement, uh, the discovery, the whole building a product uh, energy. Um, and really kicking off with that, and that's the focus. And then, oh, by the way, we're still servicing our clients. We're not forgetting about them, but we're not sort of starting off the week with, here's what we have to build. Here's the page they want us to change. You know, all of that stuff, um, which is great because it pays the bills, and they're still being, uh, and, they're, and it was a great grassroots movement where they use client services to fund, uh, up until this point, uh, the product. Um, but really putting the focus on, we need to launch this, we need to do good with this product, so let's put it front and center, um, you know, without sacrificing client stuff, so uh, awesome stuff there. We're going to jump into uh, the second segment of the show. We're going to ask you what's in your toolbox, um, and of course now I'm forgetting what you said last time, see if I could guess it, but the uh, what's in your toolbox, what piece of software or hardware do you use to get through the day? Something you can't live without, something that people might not know about, um, that like an Evernote, but something more top secret. Uh, yeah, it's not so much top secret as it's super rugged, and that's a, a piece of shareware I use called Edit Plus for text editing and, and um, web development. And it's pretty rudimentary, but uh, as I said last time, it's unfillable. I have thrown gig, gigabytes of stuff into files in it, and it just keeps on fucking. And it does some pretty good uh, searching for directories so you're able to pull in and search for. Code error functions. A lot of it. it's very it's very robust, and that's for me the winner. It's nowhere near full IDE, but it's edit plus from editplus.com. It's really uh, solid. It's like I said, unfailable. Awesome, awesome. So not like a PHP Storm or a Sublime guy or a, a terminal guy, VIM or you know stuff. No, like that. no, no. <laughs> VIM. I just look at it and go, eh, no. <laughs> 
Awesome, awesome. Uh, we're going to jump into the lightning round and ask you a series of quick questions, and you'll have a series of quick answers. Uh, the one plugin you cannot live without besides your own. Uh, one plugin SEO by Yoast. Uh, What's your favorite WordPress or business book? Uh, Rox's WordPress plugin development book. It's good. It misses a couple things because of uh, shows like yours are doing stuff nowadays and talking about the, about the topic. But it's very good. Awesome. What's a quote that you live or run your business by? Uh, it, came from, it came from Andrew Wilkinson at MetaLab, who's uh, a guy who's been starting from Victoria. It's uh, hit custom work and do no longer have to. And then you can develop your own products as soon as you can. Awesome. Uh, is that also the best business or career advice you ever received, or is it something else? No, I think that is really strong advice I'm living by, which is you know, do something, make sure you're getting really paid for it, but you've got to plan for the future. That's part of the problem. Awesome. Uh, what's the longest a client project has ever taken you? Uh, over a year, about a year and four months now, and I say now because I'm still going through it. It's pretty painful. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's all the more encouragement to not do custom work anymore. Yeah. yeah, we recently launched one of our longest ones, which took about two years, and that was just waiting on content and changes and so on and so forth. Never fun. Uh, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Probably going from WordPress and using people, or I'd probably try one of the newer ones that emerged and uh, see what I can do between and certainly down to evolving versions, which I've tried a few and I just haven't gotten any more. Awesome. Uh, who should I interview next? Uh, I did mention Yoast earlier. Uh, yep, that's just, right. Yeah. Uh, maybe even Andrew Wilkinson from MetaLab. Even though he's not so much a WordPress guy, he's more a MetaLab as opposed to Tumblr, but he's really strong on products. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd love to get in other. Uh, other angles, other perspectives, uh, not just uh, the same old WordPress stuff. Yeah. What's, the one, what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have? Uh, how long have I been in the gig? How long have I been in the game? And how, is, long, uh, <laughs> and how long years. have you been here, master? <laughs> <laughs> 18 years of web development, but I started programming in the 80s. Very nice. What, was the, what uh, language were you uh, coding in back in the 80s? Uh... AppleSoft Basic. Nice. Yeah, my first development class wasn't until the late 90s, so that was Basic. I think Basic yeah. 2. Basic 2 and then Pascal. Oh, Pascal. And then and then HTML, and I was like, this is, I am not a developer. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a developer. What am I doing here? Uh, awesome stuff, Sean. Thanks a lot. Thanks for doing the show. Uh, where can folks find you uh, and find your product on the web so they can say thanks? Uh, my company website is bozdeworks.com. And we have a product link that takes you to share across your other products that we're still percolating. And my personal blog, I'm doing a blog challenge, is sean.dewolf.bc.ca. Awesome. Sean, it's been a great interview, a uh, great third interview. <laughs> so I uh, wish you all the best uh, with everything that you're doing. It sounds awesome. And uh, maybe in a year's time, we check back and see uh, see if you're on a, on a yacht the next time that we do this interview. <laughs> just, just, sell, just selling share cluster all over the place. Um, okay. Everyone else, matreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Uh, matreport.com slash join. Join the pro membership where you can learn how to build a better WordPress business uh, with inside the Matreport Pro community. Uh, other than that, thanks a lot, everybody, and we'll see you next time.